Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Bitter Jurors podcast. We are a queer Survivor superfan podcast, and we are here to talk about episode 7 of Survivor 44. We are really flying through the season. I can't believe there's only a few more episodes left. And um, this was an interesting one. I'm very excited to talk about. I mean, I feel like we're all going to not be super happy with a lot of the things that happen in this episode, but I'm excited to hash it out with, as always, my uh, co-hosts, Sam Stanish and Derek Reining. I should have brought up a fire. <laughs> I feel like every time I just quote something, Jeff, you upset. Yeah. Um, Christine, you're just very much in your ASMR era. I don't know why, yeah, but your voice is so soothing today. You're just like, I'm listeners. giving uh, Phoebe Judge <laughs> on criminal, the podcast Criminal. I do a lot of criminal recently, um, and I'm just oh. really channeling Miss Phoebe. Um, and we couldn't do this alone. We're finally, we've been trying to get on a podcast with all four of us at once, and it just was scheduling and things coming up. It hasn't worked out, but we are finally. Finally, all of us joined by the incredible uh, survivor writer, tweeter, podcaster on the Silent Podcast Network with her podcast. I don't know about that. Uh, please give it up for Gia Worthy. Oh, my. It just feels so fulfilling right now to have <laughs> us all on the same screen right now. Like, mm-hmm. it is finally coming together. <laughs> I know. It feels like family family on the pod. Yes. <laughs> Yes, this is the Olive Garden of podcasts. <laughs> it really Garden. is. Let's get the breadsticks. <laughs> yeah. So we've been seeing, obviously, a lot of your tweets, Gia. And it's really fitting we have you on uh, this week because there's the Michelle Yee memorial twist. Um, oh. You are the biggest Fiji fan. You recently did Fiji Forever. Um, but first, just to get your general feeling on how are you feeling about uh, this season? So I will, I'll start with the positives. I love this cast. I love them on the show. I love their social media presence. I have just been a big fan of how big of fans the cast is. And I feel like there are so many great characters still left. And I'm really enjoying what we're getting with this season with the cast. That being said, let the cast fucking play. Like, the there were a couple moments in here that were just so irritating to see unfold because they were like they were different excerpts like they're different parts of it are just like a lot of luck and obviously luck does play a factor into some pieces of survivor like there's always going to be a factor of luck especially when you're talking about like tribe swaps and things like that but going into this point of the merge and having it having all of the mechanisms that were introduced in this one episode play out the way they did. I'm not saying that Matt was going to win or that he was on a trajectory to win. Like we are all at Franny Stannies. <laughs> I am hoping. And I, I think Matt would agree that like the superior competitor in the pair has stayed, but I was a big, I was a big, uh, big Franny Stanny continuing to be a big Franny Stanny, but like, I think that the trajectory of the game is going to be altered from this. And I also think that like, it's not to the betterment of anyone. I think that this would have been a lot more interesting as a regular vote, not just in like 
not dividing up the teams, but I think that there was this war between Soka and Ratu brewing. And I think I would have rather seen that play out versus what we got where Matt really gets screwed over being the only Soka member on the losing team. Yeah, I I think you said, yeah, your statement about luck to me felt very how I feel about it, which is I, I just couldn't help but think, obviously you said Matt probably wasn't on the trajectory to win, but like, we don't really know that. But regardless, I just kept thinking like, like there are so many survivor winners, like who we consider, like who we venerate so much, like they are like the cream of the crop. And even they would be like screwed over by something like this. If they got put on like, like Tina Weston, if she like was separated from her like big mega alliance, then yeah. she would be gone. Like, it's just like, not a fun thing to watch happen and it made me very frustrated and it felt like even production themselves like didn't understand what they were doing like there were so many instances in this episode where it was like so how is this gonna work or like it seemed like this was just a very half-baked idea in general yeah yeah and i like there that isn't even like the two team things isn't even the thing that angers me the most here, there's an advantage that is introduced in here that I think is completely undermines the entire concept of Survivor as a whole. And I'm very excited to talk about how much I hate it. And I'm sure <laughs> anybody listening to this has seen the episode knows exactly what I'm talking about. But yeah, it was very irritating moments. And while like, even with, obviously I am a big Fiji stan and Michelle Yee holds a very special place in my heart. One of the OG robbed goddesses, but even with her being voted out, like the, there were very strategic reasons for that happening. Even if I don't necessarily like, I don't like the way that it played out, but dreams made it very clear when he was voting out Michelle, that it was for a very strategic choice because he wanted to be a more, essential member to the syndicate alliance that would get him to the final three this is just matt getting screwed over by the fact that he's the only soka member on the team that loses and it's just like very awkward on how they did it i just don't i don't like that this is how his story ends and matt seems to be someone that really understands that like the the beauty of the game is letting the players be able to play. I agree with a lot of what has been said so far, but I must controversially weigh in and say that, like, removed from context, I didn't really hate a lot of this episode. <laughs> like, really, um, I think that all of the scenes with the winning tribe following the challenge are boring and horrible, of course, but I think that there's a lot to really like about this episode, and they kind of did exactly the twist that I was suggesting they do last week, this week. I think a lot of the problems with, like, I think a lot of the problems people have with this episode are only as a result of where it is and, like, what, what has happened before. Like, I don't think that this twist where they split and it's basically just a tribe swap post-merge. Um, I think that the Heidi twist is horrible, but I think there's like a lot of fun stuff in this episode and 
they i mean there were there's a lot to love about this episode i think especially because it my main thing that i liked was that they forced the contestants to not have any of their idols or advantages because they left them at camp and so they were able to have like an open and honest tribal council even and so like i think there was a lot of good stuff that happened this episode uh despite what the producers tried to do interesting i completely <laughs> for the fact that Matt forgetting his bag for tribal cat. Like, why couldn't they just bring him to the old Soka beach? Like, bring him to the to the Vava beach. Like, yeah. what it they need the restart. I know. Oh, <laughs> but just, like, not like, even. Like <laughs> the fact that Matt not bringing his bag to a challenge is a huge plot point of this episode is so aggravating. And also, why did no one think to bring if they are so Set on keeping Matt in the game. Why did no one think to bring his bag? Yeah, I mean, I kind of love that though. <laughs> I, I know. I love that they did it. Like, it's very funny. Like, no, how... we didn't. Like, we didn't bring it. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, like, I think. Oh, that would have been a good idea. But... Yeah, they didn't think to do it because why in the world would you ever think that? Oh production wouldn't even just like give them their bags because that would be ridiculous, right? Like, I yeah. think I so saw Jeff say that they wouldn't have been allowed to give or play anything for Matt or give him. Um, That's so stupid. I, I like, um, someone fact-checked me, but I did yeah. see, like, Jeff oh, talking about, yeah. like, the, the way that the twist was set up, the people sitting on the jury bench were meant to just be observers and that they would not have been allowed to do but, anything. Yeah, there but was a force. Jeff Oak uses force field powers to prevent yeah, he goes like, stepping Meow. between. Yeah. <laughs> no, like... But, but they I, aren't jurors. They are active players okay. in the game. It's just it's like the the irritating thing about it is like I get it. They are safety without power. They don't get a vote. But then they have this stupid twist come into the game, and you're telling me they couldn't even give Matt his bag. I feel like they made that up on the spot for the drama. It was just like, oh no, they wouldn't have been able to do it. Like, aka production couldn't like. Sorry, fuel. girlies. <laughs> None of the boats had fuel, and they're like, "Um, fuck, we don't have time to do this." Sorry. Yeah, like for um, some reason they've decided that they want to bring the worst aspects of Edge of Extinction okay. outside of bringing new player uh, players back into the game, like back into a regular season. Like, why were we watching them find keys for five minutes? That was yeah. like when they were we watched all of the old winners like lug logs up a mountain and back. Like, what was the point of that? And then it was all to get Heidi this advantage that sucks. Like, it, 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 no one would ever want to play that advantage, and it didn't work. So it's like cool, great. Glad we spent this time. Yeah. And God. Also, yeah. Also, the fact that they couldn't do um, what was it like? First of all, give them GoPros and let them do like the like the Borneo style where they're just like <laughs> running around. Like, add a little camp to it, please. Like, let it be let it be drama, please. Yeah. Like, there are so many ways to make this infinitely more funny than just them <laughs> running around for keys for five minutes. Yeah, I mean, this is they're basically stealing from Notorious Turf, J.K. Rowling, uh, Sorcerer's Stone with the key room. Like, give a broom, make them fly around. If uh, we've, we've seen that, we saw this like over 20 years ago for the first time, and it's like you have made it worse. <laughs> Just looping back, because Sam, I do see what you mean, like about agree, like not, not hating every aspect of this episode. And I really just think my like, because the first part of this episode, I enjoyed a lot, like the you know, like setting up, okay. 
Matt finding out the idol is probably fake and like setting up a Danny blind side or Lauren and like, okay, like things are being set up. And for me, it's just like, my big problem was a, a that this twist like really interrupted the natural flow of the game of like, mm-hmm. and that's what that's always, I mean, that's always we, something we're prepared with when Survivor introduces twists, but it felt like particularly disappointing because it did, did seem like something actually interesting was brewing. And then it's just, I've seen people bring this up. It's just kind of like the degradation of like the social contract between like production and the players is that's been happening over the past few years. And this just feels like a continuation of that. Like it kind of, I mean, like the, the idea of like, you can expect certain things to always be true in Survivor. Um, like when you put someone out, they're gone. I mean, in that change with like Edge of Extinction and stuff and like the players had no idea that the people they voted out were still around. I mean, started with the outcast twist, but all that mm-hmm. and then um with uh 40 uh 41 the the hourglass thing you should always be able to expect that the challenge results are the challenge results and then that <laughs> kind of broke that down and then with the fa- we kind of talked about this a bit with like the f- fake idols like the production made fake idols mm-hmm. um like you you could like always like, assume that like if you found an idol that looked like it was made by production like you know you can more safely assume it's real um mm-hmm. and then here we just have this like it's always been true that you always if you've been like moved to a different camp you've oh, they've always moved the bags um like everyone who's played survivor has like been talking about this like when you've been like a swap or an unexpected where they've done like a split tribal mm-hmm. it has always been true that your stuff goes to the island where you're going and that is just the point i just can't get over is just the fact that this is the one time they chose not to do it and it kind of weirdly feels like they were like punishing matt for like figuring out that the idol was probably fake they wanted their like little like matt believes the idol is fake i'm not accusing them of that but that's just like what it kind of <laughs> Like, I just imagine if he thought that the idol was still real, I think their bags would have ended up over there. I don't know. It just is very weird um, that that, this is the one time. And it's like, okay, like, are people just going to have to bring all their stuff to every challenge now? Like, because they can't trust that production will, like, give them their shit. And that's that's just a point, like, I I just is frustrating because it just feels so random Mm -hmm. and... um, like unpredictable and jeff is like getting off on that like expect the unexpected but it just feels kind of like cruel yeah. for people yeah the play like kind of, kind of punishing the players for having faith in production which they clearly shouldn't now but. yeah um i mean now my theory is that matt must have been talking about that whole you know not the best survivor players make it to the end stuff and they're like we're bringing the yeah. hammer down on this man like it's over yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's over for him yeah and brandon was like more than happy to be like actually every, like it's okay that we get screwed over by production like i think brandon's, that's so cool <laughs> brandon's playing the long game in yes. that if he does not win this season he will be able to come back for a returning season because yeah. he will just be let me be honest i don't think brandon has watched much survivor in his life <laughs> and um, as I, i've been saying we need all of the contestants that they cast to have seen far less survivor than where yes. we're at now oh no oh yeah i Brandon and Josh are the best contestants we have on this season, and they've seen three seasons collectively. Let me be let me be clear. I am 
totally against super fans, like complete, like all cast of compl- all super fans playing the show. I am very much like one of my favorite contestants last season was Ryan, just because the sheer himbo energy we got from him. Uh, more himbos, always more himbos on the island, and I am I do really like Brandon and Josh so far, so I'm excited to see where some things go. Um, I'll like Brandon more though, if he decides to blindside Danny, like that is my hope for (laughs) our nation. Personally. I know what happened. Those, we thought that all the dudes were going to link up, but now it's about Ratu versus Soka, which I mean, sure. (laughs) I thought we were going to get a little more upgrade going on. Yeah. I didn't know there were two other tribes that weren't Tika until this episode. (laughs) (laughs) There I, that's the fucking other thing this the, yes. it's oh, yeah. so egregious i love tika but it's so egregious like the unbalanced editing and i love seeing lauren calling it out on twitter being like this kind of yes. fucking yes. sucks like, oh my god lauren really lauren spoke more on twitter this week than she has in the entire uh season so far and that's kind of what the thread was about but she iconically spoke out uh which yes. was amazing I'm trying to pull it up. She says, it's honestly hard for any audience to connect with players that aren't seen. In my opinion, Survivor will forever be one of the greatest shows of all time, but the current narrative will never be mine. Orange heart. And then she said, to be clear, I do think that the season is very entertaining, and I wish that people would see how dynamic the entire cast was. Although the season is not over, we will never see the relationships that were built prior to all of this. Some aspects of this episode were cringy for me to even watch because there was literally no background or explanation as to why many of us made the decisions that were seen. It's like, girl, exactly. Go she's, off. Yes. No, she's <laughs> right. And honest, first of all, Brandon is much more of an appealing player when his closest allies are Lauren and Jamie Lynn. So yes. this is true. Yes, that's a trio that I can get behind. But also... Yeah, I want to see more of these players. And, like, this is one of the first times recently that we are seeing Lauren have an opinion in the episode. And it's very frustrating because it seems like she is a very powerful player. And uh, I just I just want to see more from her. I know. I, I loved the moment where, and this is a more of a Brandon moment, but it's about Lauren, where Matt, Brandon, and Jamie are at the well, and Matt's like, yeah, like, it seems to me, like, it's I, it's the three of you versus me or Jam Jam, great, but hey, if the two of you are, like, thinking about voting out Lauren, I don't know, I'm, like, here, and Brandon's like, I'm gonna be straight up with you, I'm not thinking about voting out Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> but that shows how close okay. they are, how connected they are, but it was very funny to me to, that how honest yes. he was about, he's like, absolutely not i'm gonna keep it real with you chief it's not yeah Yeah, he's like maybe come and ask me about jamie when she's not here but (laughs) jamie lynn we can discuss later but lauren is a no straight no (laughs) i know it's like i wish i understood why he feels that strongly about not voting out lauren wish i knew lauren more like that was like a i felt like the episode started in like an alternate version of the season where we like knew more about everyone (laughs) where i was like and and this is not shade like obviously clearly we love jam jam and carolyn but it's like almost getting ghost island levels of like can we please just like get to know mm-hmm. anyone else like i yeah. don't it's not i'm not saying ew i don't want to see more jam jam and carolyn it's like ew i wish i knew more about anyone else too yeah ghost like island it's not is such a funny comparison for <laughs> <laughs> they are the true. it's true they it's really true. are the dom and wendell and i love which one is dom and which one is wendell um oof i Jesus. feel like <laughs> 
That's tough. <laughs> can they hmm, can they both think... be Chris Nobles? Yeah. <laughs> to me, it feels like they're presenting Jam Jam more as the strategic front runner or whatever. And I feel like that's what they did with Dom. And so mm -hmm. I feel like that would be my comparison. That's but it's so fair. funny comparing like two of the most boring contestants of all time <laughs> to uh, the extremely fun characters we see fronting Survivor 44. But very similarly to Ghost Island, they are making sure that the twist is the main character. Like we, the first thing at J Travel Council, Jeff was like, "So basically, the twist today." <laughs> like, yeah. didn't ask anybody a question about like their feelings on anything. He was like, "Talk to me about how crazy it was what yeah. we did." <laughs> and I will say, like you said, I mean, I am way more down on this episode than you are, Sam. But I agree that Matt definitely brought it to the table in terms mm -hmm. of like finally actually using tribal council for what it's supposed to be which is talking about tribal dynamics yeah um just like straight up saying yep this is where i stand in the tribe this is where i see the power line in the tribe um and it like opened the floodgates everyone was starting to talk like that too like jamie lynn like picked up the ball there and was like yeah i uh, there's like some truth to what matt is talking about like i uh, that's what i want to hear at tribal it definitely is a far, a far um, journey from 43, where like you could see Jeff pulling the teeth to try to get people to say anything. <laughs> yeah, and I will say that my positive feelings about this episode come in the context of me watching this episode like four days after it aired and having gone oh. through the experience of reading literally every single person I know be like, "Fuck this! Like this sucks so much." So like I think I went in with a very, very low expectation and was, uh. Picking out the gold in the cracks. <laughs> Always got to be devil's advocate. Well, look, what are we going to talk about if I don't fight? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The Mistress Isabel Brooks of the chat is here. Oh, um, yes. Wait, but Christine, going back so long ago, I'd never heard that the production moved the bags between the beaches. I just thought that every mm -hmm. time that they moved beaches, the contestants sort of knew and like brought all the stuff that they wanted but no like yeah in some seasons you hear them say def jeff would be like your bags will be waiting for you um and like uh, i said like kellen no. has tweeted about this like shout out to our girl kellen um yeah. a few other yeah. alum have tweeted being quite upset seeing this because this was always an assumption that like okay if there's a swap if there's a split you always you don't have to worry about bringing your bag because they won't let you be bagless when you've yeah. been moved to a different right. camp and so that's like the really weird thing it just is like a really bizarre choice because that is as far as we know has always been the case like no one I, i've seen no one come out and say well in this season they didn't do that because right I, your I inventory always it, done that you always have your stuff your inventory moves with you it's like yeah. video game rules <laughs> yeah but sometimes in a video game you wake up after fading to black in a jail cell after jeff has hit you over the head <laughs> Exactly. And you have to go out into the guard quarters where there's a box where all of your stuff is. And right. that's kind of what that's... happened in this episode. Um, but it's funny. It's funny you said your bags will be waiting for you back at the, the new camp or whatever. Because like, now that you said that, it's like, I've obviously heard Jeff say that um, <laughs> 90 times. And, but like, it, it's something that I would just like sort of washes over me. And I don't even think about what he's even saying. <laughs> It's all white noise at this it's point. It's noise. part of the like d d d ritual. The so it's something he has to say, but it doesn't really like, mean anything. <laughs> it's just sort of like the amb. It's like it's like waves crashing on the beach. It's just like it's just there. So I have a question for the room um, oh. because there's been a lot of discourse about Franny's choice to 
win Franny's immunity choice. and Franny's choice. Um, <laughs> a lot of I've seen a lot of commentators. I mean, mostly just people with like five followers being like, "She <laughs> fucked up." Um, Real bad. Of being like, she shouldn't have won immunity for her team and should have let uh, and should have dropped, and she still would have been immune and let Matt have immunity. What do we think of Franny's just decision? We obviously won't know until either she it out or after the season where we can get more insight into what that was. Uh, yeah, I'm just want to no. put that forward as a question. <laughs> Absolutely not. Like she and Matt have known each other for like 14 days at this point They're And just because they're like a tight duo in the game doesn't mean that she needs to like throw herself on the fire for him to remain safe. Obviously she was in a better position on her half than he was on his half. But I think there's a lot of benefit to, your pair being voted out uh like every single person knew that they were so close and so now that they're not together she instantly loses like so much of her threat level by not having a locked in second vote and also like there's no way to know exactly what would happen especially i mean look she was just thrown into the middle of a twist where half of the tribe is now no longer voting and it's only going to be like five or six people it's like who she has no idea what's going to happen if she goes to tribal council uh just based on what the other players are thinking and what production might do to her so like it's, of course she wants to win immunity oh wait but she would have immunity anyway well um, she doesn't, doesn't want to risk gonna stay there <laughs> you know like right we... that's that's also true <laughs> but also like the goodwill she gets from like winning this reward and like going and having these social like a socially safe evening uh with other people who she's already aligned with is like so much worth so much more than like keeping matt in the game agreed 100 i think that's that's what i kept saying during the episode it's like yes like the uh, if she was like thinking 10 million steps ahead like yep I know for sure I'm going to be safe on this, so I'm going to just throw it and we'll get rid of some over here and Matt will be safe. But it's just so much better for her, like you said, to just like let her like duo go out of the game without any blood on her hands. He still likes her. I mean, clearly, as we learned uh, post game, they still very much like each other. Um, but also she now, like you said, no, like she's not part of oh Matt and Franny. She's just Franny now. Um, that just only works in her benefit. Also, her entire alliance is on her half. Like, she's had strategic conversations with, like, every single person in right. her group. Like, in the early, at the beginning of the episode, we saw her... I mean, I think that Danny was talking to Matt about something, and obviously Danny knows Matt and Franny are connected. And then later we saw that Franny, Matt, Kane, and Carson were having a meeting, and, like, Carson and Carolyn are together. Like, I feel like she had every... She wouldn't want to lose anybody on her side. Right. So it's better to risk it and hope that like Jam Jam goes out or whatever than like guarantee lose an ally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just I I feel like the obviously hindsight's 2020 because if it had been Jam Jam going or if the control the boat thing worked, then it would have been, oh, Franny was like thinking 20 steps ahead and mm -hmm. Now she has this goodwill and she still has Matt in the game. But I do think she made the right call here overall. I don't think it does her any good to throw the challenge and leave it up to suspicion to everyone else that like, oh, she made us all vulnerable because she wanted to keep Matt safe. That's a good and, point. Yeah. yeah. And everything that you guys have already said about like having goodwill with her team and like not knowing what could possibly happen um had she 
decided to throw it to give Brandon immunity. And also, I just think that, like, with the control of O and everything that happens now, like, if we're talking about all of the hypotheticals in here, it's not so cut and dry that, like, things would not have gone like she could have also been screwed over on the other side. Like, yes, she was immune, but she could have also lost an ally on the other side on if their side was there. Cause there's six people voting. If that of the orange team loses, cause Carson bet on them. So I just feel like there's a lot that could have gone wrong either way. And just, this happened to be the worst case scenario for her on the other side. I really think the person that fucked up this episode, though, is Heidi, because <laughs> I f- just personally, <laughs> yes, because I just, I just feel like they are losing all goodwill that they could have possibly garnered here with Tika by basically saying, well, we want to keep Matt, so let's try to get Lauren to vote for Jam Jam, so that he'll be the one that goes home. I just feel like Jam Jam is not going to forgive that from Heidi. Absolutely. And it's like this her choosing to put the vote on Jam Jam, he would only have gone home if Ratu had already decided that they were gonna vote out Jam Jam. So it doesn't even make sense. Like they need it, they need three votes, and like Jam Jam and Matt are very likely to be voting against each other because they recognize that the Ratu majority is there in deciding what's happening. So like you needed to, and if Heidi knows that there's a Ratu Soka war brewing, whatever, and I guess maybe this means that that's not a real thing. Well, who, but we have no idea. No. Um, like, you need to take out one of the Ratu people because otherwise this twist is nothing, which I'm thrilled that it was Flopiana, but uh, we like it, it just doesn't make sense as a viewer why this was the choice made because there's no logical way that it would play out in the way that she apparently wanted it to. And this twist sucks because now like she stood up in front of everybody. It was like you. Yes. <laughs> like, this, is yeah. the worst. This, is, this is not an advantage to quote Devin. Like th- no one would ever want to do this. Yeah. yeah. Um, the I best, the best thing that she could have done here was tell Lauren to vote for Jamie Lynn, as much as I hate to say it, and I'm so glad it did not happen, and then pray that Lauren decides to preserve her extra vote here, and that Matt and Jam Jam don't think to, and, like, Matt and Jam Jam put two and two together and think to vote for Jamie, like, Jamie Lynn as well. That's, like, literally the best-case scenario that she could do here. And even so, it still kind of sucks for her, because she still has to, like, play such a public role in it like yeah so our our friends at game camp had asked us um uh game camp it up asked us what was do you think heidi's plan was did it work it's heidi in her flop era (laughs) (laughs) she i mean but it's like how do you use like a shit sandwich to your advantage exactly how am i supposed to use this to help me it's it's really hard i think a, a better in quotes version of this like marginally better is like have the other team, they have a vote in that they vote for one person. Oh. Whoever gets the most votes, that's where their vote goes. So there's mm-hmm. one extra vote in the mix. Then that way I, they're not I stealing like the vote. Yeah, like that to me feels a lot more fair and it's a lot easier to hide if you're Heidi or anyone else. Like I feel like um, <laughs> it's just like a way to just like screw one person over specifically. 
Or I, even, I mean, that, like just that. like to decomplicate it, you could just have like Heidi cast an additional vote <laughs> in this tribal. Like, Correct. it's just like, why are we taking Lauren's vote? I did love when Lauren was like, Jeff, everyone knows I have an extra vote. <laughs> Does she control one of my votes or both? Because <laughs> like, this is stupid. I know, <laughs> it, 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 the, there was a lot of dialogue in this episode where they were figuring out new terminology as they were speaking or like new turns of phrases to discuss what was going on in the game. Um, and it was very funny to watch players and Jeff navigate how to even say what they need to say to get this to happen. Which I hate. It's like, I don't want to watch Survivor to see people unlock the magical phrase that they need to say in order to activate their powers. Of course, it's of not, course. It's not fun. Don't like it. Lauren was, I. her tone was like my tone in my brain. Like just watching <laughs> the episode of like, Jeff, you're making me do this dumb thing. Like, how do I navigate this? Please just tell me their stupid new rules. It's bad. Yeah. We the love a queen. Yes. The comparison I keep going to is like, I feel like Survivor has transitioned from like poker to like Yahtzee. Like, obviously, <laughs> there's a luck element to poker as well, but there's also the like social aspect where you're bluffing and like there's all that. And then Yahtzee just like removes the social aspect and it's just about the dice roll. And you're the only strategy in quotes is like choosing whether, like, basically just calculating odds of like, well, I'll maybe roll more sixes next time. So I'm going to just do this. It's like there's no actual like human element to it anymore. And that's frustrating. Yeah, I think that's apt. There is nothing in Yahtzee. You can, Yahtzee is the same game whether you're playing it by yourself or you're playing mm -hmm. with 90 other people. Exactly. Don't love that. Me yeah. either. <laughs> Period, queen. Um, <laughs> but like I'm saying, I do. Th I think that the cast shines through. Like I, you know, I yes. know that Jam Jam is like, way more shown than so many other people but like he's so funny every time he's on screen so Absolutely. i'm like not pissed about it i do obviously wish that we were seeing other people more but like all of the opening scene hilarious like every jam jam reacting to getting votes and he's like bitch 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 if you think it's not gonna be awkward it is <laughs> and then he's like suggesting they call the tribe the jam jam tribe like that <laughs> rules jam 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 is survivor and fijian <laughs> i did Yes. Oh no, the cast makes up this. My, my, like, what's the word for it? Uh, Qualms. The philosophy, I guess, mm. or like ideology around Survivor is that even in the worst situations, the cast makes up for it. And even though I hate what they're doing with these twists right now, I do think I do enjoy watching this cast navigate everything just like i have enjoyed seeing the past three seasons with the new diversity initiatives in play like navigating the seasons i just wish that we had this cast with a standard survivor where there are like you get you get two tribes or three tribes whatever the hell you want we'll like you know let's hope they start going to two tribes again you get two tribes there's idols on each tribe you get to merge there's a merge idol do what you will with that information. Yes. Look, Jeff is trying to give us a back to basic season. He took Matt's idol and die away, <laughs> and he sent him to tribal. Like we're trying, and you know something keeps happening where Heidi will just stand up and change things up. But look, Jeff is doing what he can to get idols out of Survivor. Big idol out of Survivor. Big idol. Big I idol. Mean, Benevolent yeah, King. Of, speaking of Jeff, like it's. Did we, Sam? Did you listen to his podcast this week? 
Sorry. No, I'm on vacation um, and I'm still in LA from last weekend. Um, I'm leaving. I'm leaving on a flight in 12 hours. Uh, so and I haven't had time to listen to my propaganda for the week yet. Um, but I do just think it's funny how like two or three weeks ago on on fire with Jeff Probst. He like his entire thing was like just trust the format. Uh, what we've learned doing Survivor for over twenty years is if you just trust the format and keep things basically the same, uh, it, like it, it, and the show is really uh, very similar to how it was back in two thousand in Borneo. Um, like um. if you, it, it, it will still be able to make great TV that kind of thing. And it's like, girl, we have not even had more than six people voting at one time, or maybe even five. Like, I, I so many yeah. twists happen that like prevent people from even voting now. It's like, and there hasn't been a real merge. It's just like you're not trusting the format. You're literally changing it every single episode into something yeah. else. Yeah, Jeff, is the trusting the format in the room with us now? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Where is Danny McRae when you need him to exactly. yell some sense into production? I feel like he needs to make like a once a season appearance now to just say like, we need to cut this shit out. Like you're yeah. out of 10, you need to be out of two right now. It's a bit much. Yes. It, My theory it, is Mike White is too busy with White Lotus to answer Jeff's calls anymore. <laughs> and he can't save us from these horrible ideas anymore. <laughs> So I, I do, do one person from every cast should be brought onto the production team to determine whether a twist is good or not. And I think Danny more than anyone should be on that uh, team. <laughs> we need him now more sure. than ever. <laughs> he can save us. So I did pull up um, uh, Mariana at inside survivor does do like recaps of on fire with Jeff Probst. Oh, so I, I did the clip. This was the episode was just a lot about themes of like coming yeah. up with themes of seasons. The so, theme is themes. Something they do not do anymore. Yeah. But um, <laughs> he does like start with, by talking about the episode and saying he thinks that the episode was amazing television television due to the casting, which is funny because it's like, yes, but it's like <laughs> you guys do so much to like not show the casting. It's just like something a thought I have on Jeff like I mean obviously he's a producer he's gonna like hype up anything like obviously like even if he didn't like this episode he would probably still be like it was great but like <laughs> it's it just like it was like there were some like real emotions in this episode and I think that's what he's speaking to but it's just the fact that it was like got like forced into those emotions got forced into like playing out because of the division um that they ended up doing like Carolyn and Franny watching on the jury bench was and like Carolyn feeling like helpless um, mm -hmm. to help Jam Jam that was in like Matt's on the in, in tribal was interesting but it's just like unfortunate because it feels like they don't have faith for the player in the players to like just have these things happen naturally um, uh, but yeah so Jeff was really happy with this episode um, they talk about uh, Matt leaving his bag behind a camp and Who's Crapper? Is Crapper Brittany Crapper's like the the producer lady, right? Mm, yeah, oh. um, she's great. Yeah, Brittany's Crapper. They talk with they're talking about Matt Lee's bag behind, and Jeff. Um, Jeff apparently says this should be a reminder to future players <laughs> that um, you can to never to, that you <laughs> players shouldn't get used to anything in Survivor. So even like the just basic rules of how production functions. <laughs> Work. Okay, but I've never related more to a Survivor contestant than when Matt was like, I only have my water bottle. Girl, that is me all the time. <laughs> I only have my water bottle. <laughs> I have um, a yeah. water bottle, a papaya, and a dream. That's yeah. it. In a, in a crush. That's how I'm rocketing through life. Like, I, I've got, I've, I know I'm hydrated, and I'll figure it out from there. 
And then I just, in case people didn't see it, Jeff, they talk about themes. A lot of it's kind of just the Mike way giving his opinions on things and how they came up with different things. But I sent this to Sam and Derek, but he does talk about um there he had an idea of like coming up with this like complex economic system using fire tokens and rick devins was gonna be the person working at the trading post <laughs> my god oh my god i literally i as soon as i read that i rocketed that from my mind really saying rocketed lately i think i meant maybe shunted or something i don't know but like it just had to drop it immediately because imagine if they i mean Cochran and Rick Devins being the only two people to have this kind of treatment is so unbelievable to me. Um, it's just like imagine if I imagine if Rick Devins had turned around in this episode and just been like, "Hey, <laughs> the Tom Nookification of Rick Devins yeah. must be stopped." <laughs> okay, now I'm like, now I'm into it. <laughs> like, okay, oh. Slay. <laughs> if, he, um, if he was yeah. running around with his little nephews in a shop, come on. I yeah. I'd watch that. I'd watch that definitely. The little Rick, like mini Rick Devins, that would be pretty cute. Um, yeah. Um, Jeff is just like too much, and I think like the MCU cameo like economy. Like, here's Glupshido. Like, what? I don't need to. I don't need to see this. Jeff, please stop immediately. And the fact that like Mike White will say like, no, that's stupid to him, and Jeff will be like, okay, but here's like an equally stupid thing. It's just like. Eh. I can see where Jeff's mind is, and I don't like it. And also, just, like, the cameos that we want to see would never happen. Yeah. Is, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't want to see, like, someone that we've already seen a ton of, like, make cameos on Survivor. I want, like, the most niche icon. Michelle Yee should have made an yeah, open cameo this episode. To, she like, she should have run Tribal Matt. Council. Yes. <laughs> If anything, to, like, console Matt as he's voted out in such a <laughs> fucked up way. But, like, I need... <laughs> Where's the Michelle Yee cameos? Imagine they, like, make us think there's, like... He, like, approaches a sign and we're like, oh, no, it's EOE. And then it just says, <laughs> turn left. And he turns left. And there's Michelle, Michelle Yee. Michelle <laughs> When they've done things like this in the... Or, like, if, if players have been, like, this happened back in this season and they showed flashbacks of, like, when that was... Like, imagine if someone was like, oh, my God, this is just like what happened to Michelle Yee. And then they show, like, a montage of Michelle Yee on Fiji. They showed a feed. Uh, they had a montage of just Matt and Franny footage. Yeah, so we have to I talk about that. I yeah, know. So... We, we really have to focus. We have to talk a lot about Franny's various moments in this episode. Uh, but we can continue to eulogize Michelle Yee. Yes, but I feel like they have they have the Fiji footage because we had a brief glimpse of Earl winning last <laughs> season when James mentioned him in the premiere. So, like, let us please release the Michelle Yee cut. It is what she deserves. It could have been. This could be on the same ground as where it happened to Michelle Yee. Literally. It could be, oh my god. <laughs> I don't know Hallowed if I'm ground. ready. I don't know <laughs> if I'm ready to like that. It's just like devastating repeat of history. Oh my Literally. god. This is what happens when you forget history. You're doomed to repeat it. And now production has done so. Yeah, that's kind of their whole MO now is like dooming themselves to repeat history. Uh, but I know they didn't learn the right lessons from Ghost Island. <laughs> yeah, which is, I don't even know what the lesson from Ghost Island is. It was like learned from the mistakes of Survivor Past, which is something mm. they've refused to do now. They <laughs> really, it. they honestly did not use Ghost Island as well as they could have because i could think of way better twists than what they planted on the island that they could have used 
But what would you have had them like, do in Ghost Island? I I personally would have put Zoe Zanadakis's friendship bracelets yes. on there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. See, like and and the rat packs, the mall rats, uh, friendship necklaces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I want to go as deep into the Survivor lore as possible, like deep into it, and uh, like that. Like going, they did like Aaron Reichen back and James Clement, and then we just like never hear from like we never hear about any of like the other ones again. This is like all of the most basic ones that you could have possibly done. Yeah, like yeah. what's an iconic niche mistake from Survivor history well, that we can put on like gay ghost island? In my opinion, Karen Grodel's uh, <laughs> act, telling like, Tom. Oscar and <laughs> yeah, telling Tom. Yes. I mean, to me, I think they needed to bring back the outhouse from Vanuatu. Yes. Uh, with Pan some Panama, from, right? Yeah. No. Panama, yeah. Bring back Casa de Charmin and you like go in, you enter in Casa de Charmin and like you have to make like a choice there or something. You have, like. to, you have to decide whether you're going to call Jeff Probst for a good time or not. <laughs> Or yes. drink all the wine. Well, I was, I was, because I was saying that from Panama and then from Vanuatu, they needed to have some kava va like fermenting there for a long time, so it gets you super fucked up when you drink it. And then Lisa's manioc. Um... Yes. Yes. <laughs> Leave the manioc. The manioc drama cannot be overstated. Like and um, the immunity idol from the Amazon, which it definitely is cursed, as we learned <laughs> yes. from Joanna. It is definitely evil, and it's here, and it's more evil than it ever was before. And you oh have to God. sleep in the burned-down shelter from Amazon, like yes. the ashes of the Amazon shelter. Of the believe-in-yourself banner, yeah. just like the ashes just trickling on you. Could have, uh, like, oh, we could have a... Uh... Like Kathy's sports bra from a nip slip or something like yes. that. <laughs> Amanda's underwear. It's always falling down. It's always, you can learn from the mistakes. Jesus. I would love it if they included Stephanie's Lydia vote. Uh, to be just a really twist yes. the knife and well, tell her how big of a mistake it was to get rid of Lydia. <laughs> how dare you? Oh my god, what if they brought it back on 42 and then like lit because they have another Lydia, Lydia there? Like I feel like like Lydia can control her own fate and <laughs> vote herself out. Yes. <laughs> instead of instead of this stupid mergatory twist, like it, doing it for her. Yes. In the spirit of uh BB Can eleven, she could just re remove herself from the game. <laughs> Jesus. I think I think she deserves like a nice little vague like you can remove yourself for one round and then we'll bring you back because you're an icon. Like Jeremy something did like it. That. Why can't Lydia? <laughs> also true. I think Lydia would be a fantastic choice for that twist. Both of them. Guatemalan Lydia and yes. uh 42 Lydia. Do the pancake. Island he of just goes home and dances. <laughs> <laughs> and one one of them's doing the pancake, one of them's doing a TikTok dance. This has yeah. like yes. no, there's Jeff. Give us a call. We've got some good ideas. Call us for a good time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's some good riffing, you guys. Oh, um, oh thank you. <laughs> we really slayed the uh whatever it's called when they go off the off the rails of discussion. What's that called? Tangent? <laughs> it's tangent, mm. yes. It's giving tangent. <laughs> Um, but we were talking about going on to Franny, and I do feel like she's mm. sort of the star of the episode, her and Matt, I guess, primarily, but <laughs> that we get this, my, it, it, my favorite part of this episode for Franny is when Jeff is saying what the reward is. 
he's like peanut butter chips and iced tea and there's this there's a shot of freddie where she's like "Ooh," and she's like snapping oh, yeah. like she, <laughs> she, uh, she's like she's really excited about the reward i'm happy she had it she gets it she does and it that does actually seem like a very nice reward for these conditions because it's not like piping hot so you're not eating like really hot food in the fijian sun but you also i feel like that's very filling mm. it looks but, like very nice bread that they used right um but i feel like the yeah just being f- like full of peanut butter and then having to run around sounds like hell <laughs> and being like i can feel my stomach like shaking <laughs> aka i'm a, like trying not to shit my pants as i'm running around <laughs> i personally would just not have partaken in the running i would be like it's okay one of you guys can get it especially knowing I'm what already, it is yeah, yeah i'm already safe so i'm just gonna sit here that would be iconic if someone just was like i'm yes. good <laughs> i'm feeling a little sick yeah this is just not you know i I'm a, I'm more of a sitter than a joiner, you know? Yes. Like, I don't need to join all of this mess. Honoring Claire <laughs> after her departure, I'm sitting, you know, we're sitting yes. on the Claire bench. Yes. And this relates to and- another of my favorite Franny moments where she's next to Heidi when Heidi has the real key. And, like, Heidi, like, it's like, gets it out. She pulls it out of the cage, closes the cage, and she, like, immediately turns and goes to hug Franny. And there's, like, literally an Franny's instant so where you angry. see Franny's, like, Franny's whole body and face is just, like, fuck you and like, <laughs> but like she, and like she's like so enraged but like heidi hugs her anyway and freddie's like Ugh, and like forces herself to like put her arms around her back uh freddie rolls basically yes yeah. she was that meme of i oh wait i hate that something good ha- i don't care if something yeah. good oh. happened to you <laughs> yeah. it happened to me <laughs> it ended up being a terrible thing and heidi didn't know how to use it and it was very sad all around did yeah. heidi have a choice to not use it i doubt it but like she should <laughs> have like, just not she should if it, she had a choice she, well, that was i think was the right choice they said that it's only good for this vote so i my guess is that she could have just chosen not to play yeah. it like there mm. was there was a choice there but the assumption is that like of course whoever has it is going to use it to try to sway the vote. But she probably was just better off not using it if she was going to use it the way that she was going to. (laughs) But I think even worse than like how she ended up using it was the fact that she told Franny at first she was talking about, oh, we could find a way to save Jam Jam and Matt only to not only not do either of those things because she directly put the person that stayed in danger with her decision but then also she decided like whoever who knows how many like minutes later this was or hours that and then Heidi's like oh I don't know if I can save Matt to that <laughs> yeah That's this so is fair weather and Franny literally says like what we are all thinking is like of course you could do something you're literally the only person on this beach that could do anything right now <laughs> This is something that's just like a little frustrating about the editing with like Heidi is clearly like an important player in the season. Like she was yeah. clearly in a great position on Soka. Um, but like I just like don't under like we are getting these glimpses of her and then she will just disappear completely um, for a couple episodes as we saw. And it's like I just have a really hard time judging like wh- how well she's playing and what kind of game she's playing because she- we're kind of being we're getting these signals that she's been important on Soka and like we saw 
at uh, the Clara vote that she was in a really great position um, to control the vote. And I like want to say both these things, both those that tribal and this tribal, she misplayed in some way because in that one, she really like kind of played the middle too obviously. It seemed like and, and like it clearly hasn't come back to bite her. So good on her. But like between that and now this and the way she kind of handled like making this decision and the decision she ultimately made i want to say like that that was kind of a misplay but like because we just don't really know yeah much like, about I mean, what she's doing i can't yeah. really judge it true but i do feel like this is a clear misplay just oh because yeah no she i'll stood say up it. in front of every single person and was like this is my target and then that person wasn't voted out but i do think it's funny like so much of the conversation in this episode is about like well we should I, we need to take out one of them because if 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 we target the other one and they stay, there are all these repercussions. And like Heidi is like clearly like, okay, well, what I want to have happen is Matt stay and Jam Jam go, but <laughs> because Matt has all is Matt is one of our numbers, and if Jam Jam stays, he's like he's he's good with everyone, and he'll be so mad at me, and like he'll target me and get me out. And it's like at the end of the episode, her ally is gone, and it's been made very clear that she wants Jam Jam to go home, and mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just like. We got the, we got the clearest picture of why both of these things are bad and both of them happened. Yeah, yeah, and also just because we know that Carolyn obviously has some investment in Jam Jam staying, she really wants to make sure that Jam Jam has some form of protection. So I just don't see why Heidi would disregard that in the way that she did if she planned on using it when she already said she was trying to figure out a way that she could save both of them, and then to go back on it in such a open way i feel like she's making more enemies than friends with this choice especially when it just seems so easy to target one of the ratu girls like i know that she and jamie probably spent a lot of time together on soka but like just i mean i guess they're probably worried about lauren's extra vote but you gotta try if you're gonna target but, one person and it seems like yeah. everyone knows ratu versus soka is kind of happening anyway like yeah target lauren I'll yeah. And also you could do like Brandon's immune, but she could still control his vote too. Like you could yeah. just have, say, uh, if you don't want Lauren to trigger mm -hmm. using her extra vote and like kind of hope that she's a little selfish with it, then just have Brandon vote Jamie Lynn. Right. Like, yeah, but I, I, guess I, feel like I guess she probably oh, wants to keep Jamie just because they probably have a bond or whatever from Soka. Yeah, that's definitely fair. But like if the goal was to vote for one of like trying to save both of them which she made a big deal about in when they were the winners were all together yes. then it does it just doesn't make sense in the long run for hers like either say like i want to save matt so like sorry carolyn jam jam is gonna have to you know catch a target here or like i can find a way if you're saying i can find a way to save both of them then it doesn't make sense what she did yeah it's just very like like christine said i was just like i wish i had more insight to what heidi was thinking like yeah why, like, is she really like truly on the soka train i really don't know um would love to know maybe one day <laughs> when next episode when we get this huge like five minute flashback detailing of heidi's course. master plan well, yes. they feel foolish. <laughs> yes. she's got a backup plan of course. Yes. it's held true every time we've said don't worry guys it's coming <laughs> she secretly went to they didn't show it they're gonna show us a flashback she secretly went to the an, an island mm -hmm. where she met lisa and lisa yeah. mentored her on a backup plan 
and it work as all will be revealed next episode <laughs> would For- love to have lisa to like just mentor me on survivor <laughs> For now, I'm putting Heidi's Lauren's vote for Jam Jam on Ghost Island. Yes, yeah, that was very, it was very vote. bizarre. Based on what we know, it was very bizarre. Is it Heidi's Lauren's vote or is it Lauren's Heidi's vote? Hmm. I'm sending that over. What Crapper? Crapper can pick. Crapper. <laughs> um, I trust yeah. her with my life. Period. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just a weird, weird choice. And again, a weird choice to do this at 11 of all numbers. Weird choice to do it right after the mergatory. That's we, what's the weirdest. It's it's yeah. just like, we're, we're not getting, like, it's weird to go this long without getting a real merge vote. And I, it looks like next week's going to be normal based on the previews, but like, knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was just very funny to me, the key scene and then like all of the discussion about like how they should use this advantage or whatever it's like production is like okay but we have we split the tribes into two how what are we going to do with the other half of the cast while like during the like strategic planning part of the episode it's like just have them on the same beach and have them vulnerable like just make them just (laughs) make this a normal challenge you then they're involved and then a lot more stuff's going on and you can like make several narratives as to what might possibly occur i don't i don't know spitballing here put them in the the fire let let them watch the winners eat peanut butter from a distance yes, yes. yes. Jeff, jeff's a freak he loves that show he loves <laughs> yes. watching people like groan and moan while they eat and yeah like watch Hot- people sad that they're not eating have a little clockwork fenced orange. off area for the losers to just stand and watch and they have their clockwork orange their eyes open so they have to watch them eat. Yes. yeah yeah <laughs> oh i was gonna say something now i can't remember fuck oh never mind it's gone i believe in christine we're listening <laughs> It went bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah, it's a it's a shame that they did this oh, to this cast. Yeah, I remember. Uh, we just need to draw attention. Seven out of eleven people are immune. Uh, we just need to like really draw attention to the numbers. Here. Oh my god! I don't want to think about that. When you say it like that, it is like even more infuriating. Infuriating. <laughs> there, seven out of that's insane. Seven out of eleven people were immune. And four out of, or no, three out of the four people who were vulnerable were voting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. I don't get it. It's like if the goal is to create an environment where like the unexpected is more likely to happen, why would you narrow down everyone's options? Exactly. It makes yeah. no because, sense. It's yeah. because they want it to be as simple as possible to put together in the edit. They wanted it to go quicker. Yeah. Like this, that's the only reason I could think about to for the why the key thing happened. It's like because that scene probably took them like six seconds to edit together. Like and, and like it was so clear there was a it's it's kind of like editing a challenge. Like it's like this happened then this happened then this happened whereas in like a scene where they're like talking to each other you have to like craft the narrative and decide what the story is going to be but with it's like with the key thing it's like while they were all looking for keys and then one of them found it not yeah wait okay i just had the most random thought but i need to know if anyone knows the answer to this could heidi have made someone vote for themselves i believe the answer is no like i think we've had we've seen yeah it seems like it would be a dick move to for production to allow that to happen. But I just need to know if like, cause that would be the most camp choice to have made. 
Well, I agree. To me, what I but, think about is then traditionally in final three votes, you can't vote for each other. The phrase was used yeah. like, or you can't vote for yourself. You have to vote right. for each other. But since that doesn't exist anymore, we don't know. Yeah. The, the, by the mechanic of them still, the person who is in the tribal council still voting, like writing on parchment, I think that the rule is that you cannot vote for yourself. And so since she was controlling Lauren's vote, she couldn't have forced Lauren to break the <laughs> rules and vote for herself. Yeah. You just see Lauren's hand like struggling uh, with against like the force of Heidi making her write her own name. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the way I would have walked off of tribal council said like, nope, not doing this. No, like, you all I can, don't know. You all can continue tribal council without <laughs> me right now. I'm just not partaking in this. And I would just like to draw attention to the amount of times in the new era people have been so confused by game twists and need explanations. Like the fact that Lauren had to be like, okay, so how does this work? That's and like Tiffany, I mean Tiffany is a gift. Tiffany in 41 completely not understanding Tif certain Tiffany should have been the Tom Nook option yes. for the Yes. She like Tiffany needs a cameo back. Like, I would love to have her back as a player, but when we're talking about people that just need to make little cameo appearances, like, it needs to be Tiffany. Tiffany is the sort of crabs who vote with her. Like, Tiffany explains it. every twist to yes. you. <laughs> but no, it's just, I just think it's it's something interesting that, like, we're, we're in a point in the game where the players fundamentally, like, need like production to explain yeah. things to them because like the, the rules of how some of these twists work are so opaque and like seem like not completely like thought out uh and it was just in the, back in the day it was just like you knew certain things to be true but it's like okay does it carry over to my second my extra vote or not like there's right. just so many chess pieces now it's just it's funny to see this happen because it's it's made the game very clunky. The fact that we are like, I am announcing, I am casting, controlling a vote, and then it's yes. like I have to announce, I have to, I'm announcing, I have an extra vote. Because I do not understand how this works. <laughs> like, yes, it's <laughs> it, and it, I mean, it, it makes me think about the first time they had an extra vote um, on Worlds Apart, and Dan had the extra vote. He got it in some like box or whatever. Yeah, the <laughs> advantage itself was just like a piece of paper. But he, like when he played the advantage, he like got the whole box out because he like didn't understand that he like didn't need this entire like plaque to play it. And so it's, it's just that kind of thing where all of this clunkiness, it's like it's the first time. It, it seems like all of this stuff is the first draft of like how they're like dealing mm -hmm. with it because there's no way the best way for them to have done this twist was for Heidi to like <laughs> announce herself. Yeah, it was and so messed her and jump up. <laughs> right. Like, and it, it just seems like because like when they first did shot in the dark the player would like bring the piece of paper back to the seat with them and then like open it themselves and it's just like obviously jeff should be doing that uh and then like by the second season or whatever maybe third they'd figured out they're like let's give it to jeff and he'll read what it is obviously uh but like it feels like we needed a a play test of this to see what might have been better on the screen yes and this sadly That's was the playtest. We this was yeah. this was it. Every new cast is the oldest sibling, and they're just all guinea pigs, and it sucks. <laughs> I don't like. I that. relate to that so hard. Maybe that's why this episode just made me so angry You're... at times. It was just yes triggering. Yeah. As the youngest, I'm okay with that. You have <laughs> yeah. That's very fair. That's very. It makes sense. You know, like I'm. I'm simply baby, and I can't help that. It is what it is. It's your right. Yes. 
Um, yeah, this was, a, yeah. Any other thoughts on this very strange episode? Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, at this point, <laughs> go for it. More. At this point, are we more frustrated that with this season or where we were in 43? Because when we were, st- we, like, we're right after the um, Ellie boot, I think, or maybe the Dwight boot, I can't remember, or Janine, like, at that period in 43, were we more frustrated with that season or this season? Like, I feel like we're having a little more fun this season, but I felt like we had more hope last season. <laughs> last season, I feel like my frustration was more so with, like, the boot order. I think the episodes surrounding them were actually pretty decent. I, like, I feel like all of my qualms with 43 are mostly with the ending Mm -hmm. um but with this i'm kind of just like i feel like you can feel survivor like digging further down into a direction that i don't want it to um and i think a lot of that comes from with these like brand new twists that weren't even in 43 that they're just like throwing at us and it's like this is just what survivor is now we're just throwing things at you and they're new and they're weird and they're stupid and no one likes them but we're doing it anyway um and so i'm just i think on a week-to-week basis i'm having less fun with this season which is weird because i like this cast so much and i love carolyn and jam jam they're like all-timer great survivor characters and it's like would love to see them play survivor i i feel like my i love both of the casts that we have for 43 and 44 so like in terms of like my frustrations overall i think that uh, I don't know. I feel like I really, there were certain episodes in 43 that I really, really liked. And they were the ones that did not focus as much on the twists of the game. We actually got to know the players a little bit more. I'm thinking about like their emergatory episode. I actually really mm-hmm. liked it in terms of like, even though I don't like emergatory as a concept, the, um, I still really liked that episode. But I just feel like they're, I agree that we still had some hope in 43 about <laughs> things changing where it was yeah. like it, we it never got to this point where it's just like the I felt the twists were so asinine, so unnecessary, so misconstrued and so detrimental to just what Survivor as I know and love it is. So I don't know, but I feel like this is a much more unhinged cast and I love them for that where I feel like uh the 43 gas the 43 cast was much more game oriented so i think that's why we were seeing a lot of the decisions made as they were and i think that the survivor 44 cast is a lot more personality oriented yeah yeah oh. like i i totally agree with what you guys said of like of having at this point in 43 having more hope and i totally like at this point in 44 i'm just like god we're never getting out of this like era of because like they're clearly like they being production are clearly so happy with the way these twists are playing out on this season compared to last season i kind of hoped that after last season they'd be like mm, okay maybe we need to revisit this formula and and kind of okay maybe our approach in the new era is 100 percent uh you know gonna work all the time but then they keep just kept it the same and like kind of made it 
like trying to manufacture more things in 42 that like 44 like that's we know that's true we know that they're producing the show it's their producers it is television everything yeah. is produced but it, that is like the big concern i'm walking away from this season so far with is is the level of producing moments and like the that start out in the first episode with uh you know, you have to risk your vote. Like we are not letting you choose. Um, and and with this episode, like like really just forcing these moments. Um, and it just thinking about like older seasons of Survivor, they've always been trying to change things up and adjust things when something didn't work. But when you think about like the older seasons of Survivor, like you know, we know we know production like didn't like like seasons like Vanuatu or like Guatemala that much. I mean, namely Jeff like those seasons, but there were seasons that they certainly weren't happy with, but they didn't like completely, they just, they trusted the format, which Jeff claims he trusts in his like last podcast episode or like two weeks ago or a few weeks ago, he was like, we've talked about Borneo and he's like, the show's so great because we still trust that format. It's like, no, you don't. No, like you don't trust the players. And it was like in, era, in older eras of the show when they had a season that, wasn't as well received they just still kept trusting that it would okay that group of people the chemistry wasn't right the like the what was going on it just didn't happen um and but then they didn't like he could try to like completely rewire the game just because there were a season or two they weren't happy with but now we're seeing that like the second they aren't happy with like a season like 43 they weren't they clearly weren't happy with the way people were playing it's like okay we're gonna force you to play the way we want to play and so that's mm -hmm. yeah that's how i'm feeling about this season it's just like i i have more hope for how this season this season is going to turn out because i think it's like we do have some like really i'm really excited about seeing where some of these characters go like um but i'm less has less hope for the general direction of survivor yeah there's no one on this cast whose victory would make me as upset as last season yes exactly what i'm holding on to yeah <laughs> it's just funny to me like they're so invested in having players who are strategically minded and cutthroat thinking or whatever it, 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 but you would like if if you get the right strategically minded people, you don't need as nearly as many twists to like mm -hmm. counteract and like shift things up because the players themselves will do that and be thinking in those ways. Like and not to you know, I'm the resident Pearl Islands fanatic on this podcast, but it's like yes. that season they had the outcast twist, which is crazy and like a bad one ultimately. But like it, it, it ended at the merge and, and it was all socially based. They voted each other back in regardless. There were no twists. There were no idols. There were no like there wasn't even a swap on that season. And it you literally could never have predicted how the merge played out from the start. Like it, they moved back and forth. They flipped back and forth. Johnny Fairplay and Sandra were cutthroat as hell and working constantly to figure out how to get forward in the game. Lil was wild. Burton was there. And like, <laughs> it, it, it's just like it was all it all played out perfectly without production being like, and now mm -hmm. we're gonna split in half. And you only you can vote. And you get to decide who goes home, and no one's on the jury, and like that kind of stuff <laughs> didn't happen. We had a final two, and it was wild from the start to the finish. Like, if you trust the play, if you are going to, like, if you're gonna have to cast eighteen super fans, let them be super fans, and like bounce back and forth and figure out what they're doing. Like, you, it seems like they want Cambodia to happen again, which grown whatever but like they're not even <laughs> allowing that possibility to happen because they're not even letting them play mm -hmm. yeah that's the thing is like 
why wouldn't you want super fans to play that they the game that they like know and love why would you be like okay i know you all love wheel of fortune so much however you're here now we're gonna play lingo like what are we doing like this is weird i didn't i mean it feels honestly like um there's that guy on us traders who was like clearly a survivor super fan who was mm. there trying to play survivor on the traders and like i feel like the the all of these survivor players have been put in that situation where it's like <laughs> i love survivor what am i playing right now this is very weird he was um, such an icon for it though what if we and in the reunion like fully shutting down every all those like boohoo babies who were like oh. so sad that Suri was better at the game than they were <laughs> they should have known that Sari was better gonna be better than them like, like that, it's the read like i am not going to go into any game and just like expect Sari to do worse than me like no i am not as good as Sari in anything so that's just that's just how it's gonna be and that's okay i agree okay. but i do think that quentin should be cast on every single reality show for for all time <laughs> I, like, this is he is the player we need in all of these shows who takes it so personally and is like just so wrong there <laughs> to be emotional and like that is what that's what we need and yes. it's, it's we either you um, either need you either need like all super fans with zero twists or all like people who are way too invested in like thinking these people are their best friends until they cut them in the like cut their throat like and then they'll like be super pissed off at the final tribal you need i mean ideally wait, it'd be was... a combination of those things but i want one or the other oh wait what was the other who's the other individual that was in the finals that andy. was andy. andy andy yeah quentin and andy for the amazing race please oh or island God. of the idols island like... of the island of <laughs> The Traders so, Island of the Idols edition. Have them out yes. there be like, are you making your best friends out here? <laughs> I hope you are. How many friends do you have? Like, <laughs> do you trust them with your life? Good. Tell Good. them everything you know. <laughs> everything. Yes. Oh, my God. I mean, so many. there's so many ways in which survivors should try to be more like the Traders, honestly. Uh, and that's just one of them. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm scared of where Survivor's I'm heading, scared. I hope. I am scared. I'm scared. <laughs> like, it's just like Jeff is like taking, not even like learning the wrong lessons. He's just not even learning anything. He's just like <laughs> blinders on. I don't care what any of you say. I'm doing the right thing. Um, and it's, it's upsetting. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm realizing yeah. before I'm, we meant to ask Gia at the start. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> then we got too into it. <laughs> Gia. I mean, and then we can, if you want to talk about eulogize Matt, we can, but uh, he is, of course, our first juror of the season, our mayor of Ponderosa. So who is your favorite juror or a favorite juror that you want to speak on? Oh, God. You know, there are many iconic jurors throughout the years. And, uh, you know, I want to recognize, like, the importance, especially in the pre- was it game changers when they changed the format of the jury season, but like the individual portion of the game, but someone that comes to mind for me as an iconic juror has to be the one and only Reed Kelly for not only yes. his scathing speech, uh, during his question portion, but also his petty vote in which he voted for Jacqueline <laughs> to make sure incredible. That Missy did not get to share the prize, like the second place prize money, which is just like two of my favorite things is just an iconic jury moment and a petty vote. So to have one juror do both things is 
incredible. <laughs> Truly, I, like I like what else can I ask for in a player that has lost the game? <laughs> great answer. Yes. I just rewatched that clip because someone posted it online and yes. they pointed out specifically that they like every time they watch it, they laugh because you can see Natalie like struggling not to laugh. Yes. <laughs> I, I've never noticed it before, but it is a very good part of the Oh my scene. God. Yes. I saw that tweet too. So it was like, what is like, oh, insults you'll never forget or something yes. like that. And oh my God, he was, it, I was not disappointed. Like this was the correct answer. You were like the wicked stepmother of the tribe. Like, <laughs> damn. <laughs> you know he uh, was practicing that on Ponderosa too, making sure he oh, got the every line correct. Like, make sure the facial expressions were on point. And you know what? The like, it, hand gesture he does. Like, the yes. <laughs> I mean, Period. he really is a very, very good actor. Yeah. Yes. I'm a very, very good actress. Very good. Very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a great answer uh, and yeah I think we should talk about eulogizing Matt uh, and then we'll move into the end the, to, into the end game of the pod uh, okay. it's so funny this episode is it's a pretty like clear but goodbye by Matt go bye bye episode like <laughs> yeah. he it starts off with him being like I'm comfortable and confident going into the rest of the game I'm excited like I'm ready and then like we get that whole tragic boot backstory or like of Freddie and Matt going we we see every single scene again of them where <laughs> but like played with like tragic sad music and like <laughs> and then the entire strategic portion of the episode is like well it seems like I'm going home and then he does yes <laughs> the end yeah it's like I don't is it are they so enamored because they are like still a couple like outside of the game like I don't understand why this was like such an obsession on part of like everyone involved in the show unfortunately i think again it's because of how easy it was that like it, it's just kind of like yeah why don't we throw another matt and franny scene in and, and it's just kind of like okay yeah it's the easy solution i guess um i mean go off i don't know i mean it's either going to end with uh matt voting as mayor ponderosa He's either going to vote for Franny to win and that'll be a fun bookend or they're going to be like on the jury bench, like holding hands. Like that's kind of where this is going to go, I guess. I now that we have seen kind of like where Matt and Franny end on Survivor for now, I just cannot emotionally process Franny also being on the jury. I need her to be in final three. Now I'm like so much more invested in her winning. And I think that is how Matt would want it. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's what he would want. Yes. yes. He's a wife guy, even though they're not married yet. He's just like, <laughs> I want the best for my girl. He has, he yes. has bi wife energy. He yes. does. He yes. Does. It's very beautiful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, RIP. Yeah. Um, he, seemed, he was fun. I've, I've, I feel like he's I've a cutie. To, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, he seems like a really nice guy. I just realized there's no Ponderosa. So that's fucking horrible. <laughs> so I hate myself now. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, I did. I'm over. I did. So when I when I heard that they were doing a showmance on this season, that there was a showmance on this season, like before I actually knew like who it was, I had heard rumors that Matt was one of the people involved. And it was just kind of like, this is going to be annoying, not because of anything about Matt, but because I was like, this is just like taking away from the game. That's not why I watch Survivor. I really don't care mm -hmm. about showmances. But Matt and Franny turned it around for me. I was like, okay, I can get with these two. Like, they are so sweet. They are so nerdy. They are so adorable together. 
it's not taking away from the game because there's still like a lot of like game discussions that they have and everything and how they interact with each other is definitely game influenced um, in terms of like how much they try to not be seen as a duo, but they are clearly a duo. And I just really liked Matt. He seemed like a really nice guy. I had been saying that I think Franny is better made for the long game than Matt, but I did not think it was going to end in this particular way. So I just, I came around on the Frankenship. I, I love, I love them both. And I'm very happy to see that they're still together and very happy. Yes. That's the ultimate question. Which ship name is better Frankenship or Figtails? Figtails. Figtails no. is fantastic. Frank, no, Fr Frankenship is perfection. I love, <laughs> like, both just, like, a better couple, obviously, <laughs> and, a and a better couple name. I love it. It's so good. Yeah, my last thought on the Matt and Franny thing, obviously, they're very cute. But I sure do wish we could have seen this play out more naturally and see Franny decide whether or not she was going to vote her showman's out or yes you know, it, that just like is just so fortunate like like it was the way it played out with them being on split uh tribe the teams was interesting but i really wish we could have had a more direct um culmination of this story uh yeah. obviously we like franny did kind of and she did it's not her fault but she played a part in matt going in the sense that she won immunity but like and it's not nearly as satisfying as if they had been on the same in the same tribal yeah. council, she was faced with the decision to vote him out or not, or vice versa. And, or um, even a romber moment of Franny having to beg the other tribe to keep her boo around. And then she just like doesn't get to see what happens till next episode. I could see I could see Franny telling like a Lauren or Jamie Lynn or something like that, saying, You take care of him, I'll take care of you. Yeah. Like I wanted that moment. <laughs> And the show said, no, 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 that no, was too good. That was too fun. <laughs> no, we, we split people up that we don't want to see them interact for some reason. <laughs> but no. you, you, we missed the scene where they had a very thin urn that they had all the players pull a new buff out of uh, to split <laughs> into the two teams for the immunity challenge. A little urn. This is a, a, this is Earth? another Romber All Stars reference. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> apologies, uh, <laughs> regardless. Uh, is there anything else we want to say before we plug and do uh, Edric? I think I'm good, and I think I we think... covered everything. Yeah, Gia, where can the people find you? You're the hardest working woman in oh, reality God. TV podcasting. <laughs> you are everywhere, ev everything, all at once. Oh <laughs> my God, you're so. It was so kind of you. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Classically Gia for all of my reality TV shenanigans. Uh, work has gotten very busy, so I'm not as active as I normally am on my social media platforms. But I will be back once April is done. So I'm very excited for that. Um, on Silent Podcast, I am doing my regular season coverage of Survivor 44 on I Don't Know About That, and we will definitely be having the Bitter Jurors on there soon. And just like it is a must for me, it's a once a season must have. So we will be continuing that tradition. And on Inside Survivor, Christine and I do our weekly roundups, and so make sure to keep an eye out for those. Sometimes we slay and we get them in early. Sometimes we don't. And it's a little bit of a flop, but it's okay. It's okay. 
they get done and they're fantastic. So please read them. I enjoy writing them. I hope Christine enjoys writing them. Yes. Okay. She nodded yes. So I'm assuming <laughs> yes. And I feel like there's something else I'm supposed to be saying. Oh, I'll be at um, the Boston watch party. So if you are also going to the Bryson Wendell watch party in the beginning of May, come find me there. Oh, and Abbott Elementary has one episode left. So uh, Chappelle and I are doing the recaps on Post Show Recaps. So give us five stars and talk about how amazing we are. Thank you. Yes. Playful. All right, Christine, I know you live in Canada. Are you going to go to the RHAP Toronto thing? I know that's probably very far away from where you are, but I don't know. I was going to, but I have no money. Oh, no. <laughs> Same. So I yeah. actually, so I requested off. I had heard that it was going to be the first week of May. Mm -hmm. So I requested that off in advance so no one could take it from me. And that ended up being the second week of mm. May. And I had no money. So I decided that the Boston one would, which I live near, would be more sufficient. Oh, yeah. And the Bryson Whittle parties are so fun. The they are really Sandra. fun. Um, they yes, were in yes. Pittsburgh last week. Uh, it looked great. I what was I gonna say? Oh, uh, Chet Welch was there. <laughs> no way. <laughs> to go, or maybe that was in Boston. Wait, where were they this week? I don't know. I, they were know, in I, Pittsburgh. No, there was it's Pittsburgh because there's a picture of Ozzy and Chet like talking, yes. and it was Pittsburgh. Yeah, yes, yeah. I'm obsessed. <laughs> it was great. Uh, my own ability to recognize Chet out of the lineup was shocking to even me. Um, <laughs> I support. I support. We we love Pittsburgh on the pod. Regardless, uh, Christine, what would you like to plug? Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at xteen underscore files on Instagram at the xteen files. Like Gia said, you can read our uh, articles on Inside Survivor. And that one is probably going to be one that's a little late this week because we have not started it, but it will still come <laughs> out on the same day. Um, we did get <laughs> Kit uh, Martin and Inside Survivor had to give us a note because we kept misspelling Jamie's name and he kept oh. having to fix it. And he was like, added us both in the chat. Like, girls, like, I get know. it together. Okay. <laughs> uh, but we're and doing these it. These two are a mess. <laughs> but um, our articles are fun over there. I did recently write an article about Survivor Quebec on there. If you are not able to watch it or not haven't gotten around to watching it and you want to know what it's like, I don't want to plug. Like, it is very good so far. Um, it's super a lot more old school. That's yes, it's a lot of content every week. Uh, but the way they're doing it, it's like Sunday episode, forty-five minutes challenge elimination monday episode is just the reward challenge and camp life tuesday episode they like reserve for like idol hunting like summit but they did a summit last week and it was just like people talked that was it it was like that was it okay. um then thursday wednesday's the immunity challenge and thursday someone gets voted out so you if you don't want to watch oh. challenges you can just skip those episodes it's like Mike. so much content but the way they're doing it is really cool Wait, I five? Love that. But then what so happens on the Sunday episodes? Again, is Sunday like... is um so people oh, are eliminated another... on Sundays and Thursdays. Oh, okay. As of so far, it's been Sundays and Thursdays. Um and it's like really cool the I'm, way they're doing it. I'm obsessed with this format. It's I yeah, again showing kind of they're still figuring things out, but it's a really interesting look at the what you can do with Survivor with a slightly different like 
uh, format. Um, anyway, so yeah, if you want to read my general article about that, and then I'll write about it again at the end of the season. So check out Zoe Survivor. Um, podcast, uh, Scanawatu still exists. You can go back and listen to it. Um, Shadow Play Gay still exists. You go back and listen to it. Derek and I will do something this summer with it. Um, yes. <laughs> I this coming up this week. Uh, I don't remember what day I'm going to be on my friend Samantha Stokes podcast and um, 10 things I hate about me. Um, I just recorded that yesterday. It was super, super fun. So if you follow me on Twitter and Instagram, I'll post about that. I think that's everything. <laughs> um, so, uh, yes. Derek, I'll pass it over to you. Yes. Um, follow me at, on Twitter, every Derek's, uh, and follow us at Berger's pod on Twitter and Instagram. That's about all I got going on. <laughs> Uh, you can follow me at Sam Stanish on Instagram, my other podcast, Buffy Boyfriends on Twitter and Instagram, uh, talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer with my boyfriend. Uh, you can read my cultural newsletter, Do You Want to Hang Out, on Substack, and I think that's everything. Oh, if you're in Brooklyn, come to the Survivor Watch Parties with Gabe Bergato that I produce at Crystal Lake every week, uh, even though I wasn't there this week, but I'll be back next week, uh, or I mean this coming week. <laughs> okay uh i you know i'm i'm waking up uh etc regardless moving on we're done with plugging and it's time to talk about edric and so we still haven't put up a poll if we can talk about <laughs> during the episode but we might we're threatening to um and no, even we keep talking about it and no one is messaging us to be like i care <laughs> i guess we're waiting for the poll but maybe people just don't give a fuck at all or maybe every single person drops out when we say we're going to talk about that <gasps> that's true and so they haven't heard about it we don't um, know <laughs> we have we truly have not done any data mining or analytics data whatsoever um, i just got finished a data mining class if you want me to do that no <laughs> oh, sure. break to, uh, figure out what we're doing yes um to me it seems even clearer that Carolyn will be winning the season. Really? Yeah, I yeah. feel like this, even though Heidi got the advantage, it seemed like it came down to Franny versus Carolyn on who was going to, like, yeah. save yeah, their Yeah, this duo was a confirmed somehow. Heidi is not winning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but even, yes, but, like, it, it, but so it seemed like Carolyn won the battle of, like, saving their best friend or whatever. Um, and it seemed like it was all about how Carolyn felt. Like, every single... Every other shot in Tribal Council felt like it was like cutting to Carolyn for her reaction to what was going on. It's like yes. it was kind of like the tribal right after Shan was voted out, where she was like the main character, but like <laughs> on the jury. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to because I just keep getting this feeling of like, um, or at least like I maybe I'm too fixated on it, but I feel like Jam Jam is just kind of getting the like Tony winners at war. Like, Ooh, he's kind of on the edge, but he's always just going to bring it back. Don't worry. We always get a check-in with like, how's Jam Jam going to get out of a jam this week? And it's like, it always works out for him. And um, I don't know. I feel like of the two, I'm leaning more towards Jam Jam would be obsessed with the Carolyn victory. And I could absolutely see it too. Um, I feel like Franny honestly shot up again for me yeah. because of this episode. I think losing Matt here and uh, in such a like memorializing way. I mean, the fact that, like Sam, like you said, like, oh, I'm just like rooting. I think it was you, or someone was just like, yeah, I'm rooting more for her now because she has something to fight for. She has like a, an arc now. Um, and I could see that for Franny, like going forward. I think that Franny. I think this was a good episode for her, but I think that it's still too like Matt focused. And like yeah. I and again there was a part where she was like, I'm so afraid of what's gonna happen. Like if Matt goes home, like that's not the kind of stuff you wanna see in a winner. Um and so Very I sugar don't, and spice. 
<laughs> right. Yeah, they are kind of the sugar and spice of Survivor. Um, but yeah, I, I, it does feel like Ghost Island, where we're kind of just like, it's gonna be Jim, Jim, or Carolyn, but it's like a slay version of Ghost Island, where it's like, it's gonna be Jim, Jim, or Carolyn. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um. Yeah, I agree. I'm like, yeah, I feel like, like I said, I guess just to explain why it feels like Heidi is the definitely not winning is the fact that she has been just non-existent except for when like something huge happens and they're forced to show her um like the, if she was winning this should be this should have been like a like a peak for her story that they've been telling whereas now it's just kind of like a random blip in on the radar of like oh by the way heidi is here and she has a lot of power suddenly she did. I mean, this hasn't really been as big of a thing in the season as I expected it to be based on the premiere, but she did talk about this advantage being very public, which obviously it was, but I felt like that was something there was like a line in the premiere where maybe Claire or maybe Heidi were like, <laughs> the game is very public about like the idol in the birdcage. And so I was like, I noticed that. But that's the yeah, I, I also think that even. I don't I don't think I had been really focused in on Heidi as a potential winner up to this point, but it does feel like this is another thing where it's like, girl, where are you? What's going on? We need to check in, please. Bestie check in with Heidi. Gia, Christine, any uh, edit thoughts? I think in terms of like a winner, I think it's either going to be Carolyn or Franny, which mm. would make me so happy. Um I wish we saw more of Ratu in the pre-merge outside of Matthew because I really like that tribe and I'm interested to kind of see what is happening with them moving forward. And I just find it so odd that we just like have not seen much of any of them. And I really want to live in a fantasy world where any of them could potentially win. But I just, I don't know. I, I think there is still a world where they production has not learned their lesson and this is the luvu version from survivor 41 where they kept winning everything and so we just saw nothing of them in the pre-merge and then they happened to have the winner on that tribe as well as i think all except one of them made final six so yeah. Yeah, so I still i just think that you know i would like to live in a fantasy world where someone on Ratu could still potentially be a winner because I think they all have really interesting stories. But I think if I'm thinking about it in the long term of like what we have seen as a story, um, yeah, I would definitely pick out either Carolyn or Franny. And I really like both of their edits. They both have had a lot of opportunities. Like production is making sure we know who they are, even in moments where I didn't think it would be like very necessary. I have noticed that Franny has had moments where she's talking about strategy. So I think that she is definitely in winner contention. She's been on my radar as someone that is on winner contention. And it definitely shot up this episode afterwards. Um, she's also the only person left on my inside survivor draft after <laughs> episode one. I have just after, been oh no. after the episode the one massacre. Yes. After just like my complete public decimation of my draft so i mean i do not regret drafting matt or or sorry maddie or bruce because they are going to be running game changers i know it yes. i know that they will be and yeah i just want to i just want to believe that i drafted the first two boots and the winner yes 
Similarly, yeah, I... my work draft, I have Carolyn and Jamie left. And so I really think that one of those two will be winning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I have uh, Jamie and Jam Jam left. Um, no, Ooh. and Brendan, actually, my whole draft is in. My whole draft is in. Oh, I'm not brag, brag. Brag. oh sorry. That's just like, I just can't keep track of how many people are still. Oh, yeah. Oh, draft, I'm just explaining you know? much. <laughs> no, um, in, my, in terms of my edgic thoughts, I really just don't. I after this episode, I see the vision more for Franny now. I'm like seeing a real clear because me and the big question was like, okay, is this showman's going to fall or is it going to be kind of her um, motivating arc for the rest of the season? You know, maybe a Natalie Anderson style. <laughs> we can only hope she goes Natalie. Um, yes. uh, but I. I so like I'm now considering her more. It's just hard for me to imagine someone who isn't Antika winning this at this point. Um, like Carolyn or Car or Carolyn or Jam Jam up there. Carson, like I don't like I I don't I'm not convinced he has his winner equity, but he's clearly they they clearly love him. Um, yeah. He's someone. It's harder for me to tell um, what his is looking like. So it just kind of feels like a Tika versus. Franny for the win potentially but like you said Jan, like we after the Luvu weirdness like we can't I can't fully discount anyone from Ratu but again no real storyline has started to emerge with anyone on Ratu like in the same way that Erica did um, with the hourglass they really mm -hmm. like made an effort yeah. of like oh it's like suddenly we're getting her backstory and uh, we're able to tie it back to the lion lamb thing lamb to lion thing so yeah, I'm still like really on board with Tika taking it home, but Franny is now getting more. It's a little clearer to see a potential path to the win for her narratively if they care about the narrative. Um, and they don't big always. If. That's big a big if. if. I definitely see it for Carson. Thank you for bringing him up. Uh, <laughs> we just like constantly are checking in with him. Yeah. Uh, and like hit like we we got assurances in this episode that everybody loves him and that he's in a strategically good position, even though he wasn't going to travel. <laughs> like we just like every he was like yeah everybody loves me and that wasn't undercut in any way. We just saw <laughs> scenes of everybody giving him information, and so I feel like he is in a strong edit position. Uh, again, pushing back on Franny's chances. It just feels like she doesn't have a storyline outside of Matt. Um, I mean, that's the thing. She so, has something, but it's how not, dare it doesn't you? necessarily <laughs> translate she's a, to winner. She's a legend. She doesn't need a storyline. Yeah. She just is. She's just, just Franny. Look, I'm happy for her for carrying the tribe on her back and, uh, you know, keeping everyone safe. But and, and I love the girl. She's one of my one of the best girls, I would say. She's all <laughs> but I would I oh. think that her I think that her herself outside of the game far outshines her one note uh, performance in in the edited episodes of the 42 minute season of Survivor 44. She also was on, one of the only people that wanted to keep Claire. And for that, I must say she has excellent taste and <laughs> that cannot be discounted. You're right. That is such a huge plot point and major character moment for her. I forgot. It's not just about Matt. It's about when she wanted to keep Claire also. Exactly. Yeah. And those are the two moments that matter most to me. So, yes. yes. In a winner. <laughs> in the win. In a winner. It's like, who are you a Are you a woman? Do you slay? <laughs> and do you align with other people that slay? Yes. Bernie has all of those. Yes. So and I she's putting every, yes, a slay. <laughs> 
Tika yeah. dominance. Um, stand purple. Uh, that that's how I feel currently. Edit wise, agreed. I feel like we've we captured the essence, you know. Yeah. And then yeah. cut to Kane winning. You know. I know. Like <laughs> it out. I, speaking of no storyline, I have to say it's so funny you brought him up because I was. I mean, he has a consistent like Dungeons and Dragons thing going on. He has. I love that his storyline is Dungeons and Dragons and just treating survivor like a huge quest that has literally been his only storyline and i am obsessed with it i mean never been a better time to have that as your story and it's just so funny it's just like we literally haven't mentioned him once in this fight like i don't think anybody ever said his name <laughs> until now it's so it's just like just look show 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 us all the show us all the players uh but he seems great and yeah i, I mean it as far as consistent storylines go, he has one of the more consistent ones. Uh, yeah. We just—I don't know. There's just something. It's—it feels like. I mean, not to. This is the out-of-pocket comparison, I guess, or like it's not directly how I feel, but it feels like the Carla thing, where it's just kind of like, yes, we're seeing him a lot, or like more than other people, but it's just there's something not there in the edit uh, for him, obviously. Um, and so, you know, even though it's consistent, it's not like winner vibes. Yeah, it's not giving what it needs to give. Um, <laughs> okay, I feel like that concludes. Yes. Yeah. Do we want to do a little little game to cap? Yes. Sure. I think that I think we need to keep it positive. I think we should use we should cast jury votes. What about this episode? Do, are we putting our jury vote on to win the episode? Like, what's the best thing that happened in this episode? I think Carolyn's <laughs> Carolyn's single tear. Coming down was my is my winner. That is the sole survivor of this episode for me, and I'm casting my vote wholeheartedly. Hope you win. Love you, Carolyn's tear. The end. Beautiful, Christine. Um, I would say just the the. I hated the configuration of tribal, but the what the conversation at tribal was. I will cast a jury vote for that because that is what we want to see happen at tribal. Um, you know, map. You know is impassioned please um you know game dynamics so that's my jury vote for for the episode my jury vote is jam jam's personality <laughs> it it's just so good all the time he in one scene in the strategic portion he's talking to lauren he's like danny was talking about voting you out like we should work together and then lauren's like I'm definitely planning to vote out Matt. And Jam Jam's like, that's freaking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and just every single thing he says makes me laugh. So just thrilled that he's on TV. Yes. Gia, who are you TV. casting your jury vote for? Oh, my God. So I was thinking about Jam Jam trying to get the tribe to name <laughs> the tribe Jam Jam. Because it means Survivor and Fijian, which is true. Like, that. Yeah. it's a... It, if it wasn't true before this episode, it's true now. Yes. Um, I will cast my vote for uh, Matthew's papaya that he offered in this trying mm. time because that was also a great moment. I love the It's Always Sunny reference, and mm -hmm. I I just really enjoy it. And then that also comes with Matthew saying – or Jam Jam saying afterwards that he should have also brought a papaya. And you know what? <laughs> yes, he should have. Yes, he was feeling very, you know, Shea Coulee watching Sasha Velour with the pedals like, damn, yeah. I didn't yes. know we were doing reveals. I didn't know we were doing reveals. I didn't know we were having props. Yeah. Yeah. 
I you mentioned the merch tribe name. I do just want to say that I love the merch tribe name this season, but I ended up being chosen Vava. Like, yeah, Vava. There's something. I mean, I know Jam Jam picked it, and that's it's a gay name, but there's something so energy wise about it. Yeah, Vava. We need to we need to rank tribe like merch tribe names on their cuntiness because (laughs) (laughs) most to least slay but yes um america at the bottom Mm -hmm. vava s tier no bag is high on the camp level oh no Uh, if not an a tier very close behind Mm -hmm. i can't explain how no bag is like a very cunty merge tribe name but and it's like better than america but it is like it definitely yeah it's like the same amount of effort but completely different outputs with that yes yes redirecting it yeah okay are there more thoughts are there anything any this is the last minute you'll be able to speak about this episode last call i'm good (laughs) i'm good yeah i feel like we've really done it we slayed they slayed. We oh yeah, Jeff would be proud. We, we gotta deep. dig deep. We, we gotta dig deep this episode, which was, you know, very nostalgic. The end. Thank you all so much for yeah. listening. Love you all. Thank, Thank you, Gia, Gia, so much for joining us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Going bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>